Hi, this is Kerry Tennis. It's Thursday, May 20th in Castellon Fiorentino. This is the Since You Asked podcast, and today I'm writing a response, not to a question per se, but to a comment that was posted last week. This comment, when I first read it, it surprised me. It, it irritated me, it confused me, and it made me realize that there are people out there with ideas and opinions that... Uh, I wasn't fully aware of. I try to keep track of my bias, that I'm a West Coast San Francisco person, member of the liberal media elite, I guess you'd say, and I don't really come into contact with people who have uh, strong Christian beliefs that often, uh, or, or strong. I mean, I know some of my friends do, but um, it can reach a, a fever pitch that really kind of knocked me off my feet and so I had to do some research of uh, you know find out what 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 kind of social milieu uh, this this letter and and this person was coming out of it also raised my concern because the email address that was used to post the comment was uh, one of these disposable uh, email addresses used to um, hide the person's identity so there was nothing malicious really in the comment and I realized that some people who hold some views are uh, probably rightly uh, concerned about getting um, getting abused online, you know, for their views which are really different from mainstream views. And so that didn't really bother me that much. I didn't think of it as spam. It is a legitimate comment, although it was driven by my column on suicide more so than my column on is my boyfriend cheating on me, I think. And I guess that's what the OT says in the beginning off topic and not Old Testament as I thought it might also be. Anyway, there is a world out there of people whose views are so different from mine. There's uh, this Andy Nowicki who is a self-professed reactionary Catholic and there's the incel groups of men who by the Southern Poverty Law Center is considered, you know, a, a dangerous group of, of men who are angry. And I, some men who have committed acts of violence, shooters, have, uh, um, to my understanding, proclaimed some links to this incel group. So it's no laughing matter. And so in reading the comment, I really had to work it out. How do I respond to this? So what is, what is, what was my response? And also by what right am I responding? I mean, the guy did not ask for advice. And I realized that what I'm responding to is what I believe to be the source of this rather um, surprising view, which is, I think, that the source of it is pain and anguish, agony. I don't trust an overly intellectualized uh, version of something like this. To me, it, it sounds like something else. It sounds like emotional pain. And so I responded in a way that many will probably find ridiculous. But for me, it's an authentic response. And so here it is. The headline is, Sex, a Disgusting, Wicked Drive. Dear Reader, an advice column usually responds to questions, but sometimes a comment to a column can sound like a cry of agony, and a cry of agony can sound like a question. 
So today I respond to the below comment posted on last week's column as though it were a question. It expresses suffering for which I propose an antidote. The author of the column was apparently alerted to this column by my 2006 Salon.com column on suicide, which after 15 years still attracts fresh readers and comments as recent as April 2021. Below is the comment, followed by a response which may not be appreciated by the author who does not ask for advice, but by others who teeter on the precipice of disaster. The comment from Ugly Hunchback, May 17, 2021. OT, and in brackets from me, off topic or Old Testament? Close brackets. Anyway, uh, he says, Your advice to a suicidal person I would in part share, but some of your views are rather fishy. For example, if you are neither conscious nor unconscious, then you are unconscious or at least not feeling, as in a coma. Now, as a Christian, I do believe that hell exists, otherwise I'd have killed myself already. In fact, I hanged myself in my early twenties when still an atheist. However, it all boils down to Hamlet, or that the everlasting had not fixed his cannon against self-slaughter, exclamation point, quote, unquote, as he cried out. This, of course, this is Kerry talking now. This in the text is uh, an allusion to the Shakespearean tragedy Hamlet, um, which, you know, you could look up and there's plenty to be said about that. <clears throat> but the um, the comment goes on to say, here, I'll read it again. However, it all boils down to Hamlet, quote, or that the everlasting had not fixed his cannon against self-slaughter, close quote, as he cried out. Exactly, there is no other question. If I'm reincarnated, then why would I care? I could already be a reincarnation and not know anything about it. Therefore, I ask mankind, at least all who believe in Christ, and this is Kerry interpolating again, because while the comment began about uh, suicide, he now goes into uh, his beliefs about um, sex drive. He says, Therefore, I ask mankind, at least all who believe in Christ, to kneel down and ask him, capital letter H, him, what the point of this horrible world and existence is. We only exist because of a rather disgusting, wicked drive, a drive that has no place in heaven or even a platonic ideal sphere, as Andy Nowicki rightly noted in Confessions of a Would-Be Wanker. A pipe dream, I know, God won't answer. I rather see sex as a result and curse of the fall, capital F, fall, as in the Christian fall. There is no better explanation, he says. Schopenhauer, Nietzsche, Kierkegaard, Weininger, et al., all understood that sex poses a deep existential problem. It is indeed 
quote, forbidden knowledge, close quote, changing one's outlook on existence forever and to 180 degrees. And then there's the asterisk with the link to the 2006 um, suicide column, which if you're following along at home, it's https colon slash slash www.salon.com slash 2006 slash 03 slash 06 slash suicide underscore 23 slash. Gee, I've never read that um, out loud, and it, w it was rather rather uh, bracing, actually, to do that. Dear Hunchback, your comment startled me, confused me, caused me to seek knowledge about your world, and also to meditate on this, quote, rather disgusting, wicked drive, close quote, commonly called sexual desire. I was startled because in my ignorance I had considered your view of sex to be a relic of a bygone time that was a lazy and privileged assumption. Nothing human dies. It is all here forever in each of us. We all contain within us all the virtues and the crimes, the full history of man, everything. So it should not surprise me that driven by some form of suffering, you would feel as you do about sex. But because it is understandable does not mean it cannot be changed. Here, I will attempt to create for you an escape route, a way out of the suffering so evident in your comment. Why? For our good, if not for yours. Because that shooter in Atlanta, the spa shooter, had sexual guilt and professed Christianity. He sought expiation. His method was murder. So I do not think that your views are harmless. Your pain troubles me, but that is not my sole reason for responding. It is evident that such pain can lead to violence against innocent others. So it is in the interest of society to come to you with some compassion and some ideas for healing, for feeling less pain, less anguish, less bitterness and anger. To my way of thinking, anger rises out of pain and out of fear. Your words are angry words. The intellectual content is brittle like glass. The heat beneath it is, for me, the point of it all. One reason I think your anger and pain are the cause of your views is why otherwise would you bother? What satisfaction would there be if this tortured ratiocination were not giving you some kind of relief? Here's what I think. No matter how sophisticated your argument is, I sense your anger, and anger can lead to the illusion of justifiable homicide of the reasonableness of antisocial acts that bring horror and revulsion to others. The horror and revulsion that you feel can, in an act of violence as expiation, bring suffering to others. Your suffering is yours. I pray that you seek to ease your suffering before it leads you to cause suffering to others. Perhaps consumed with your own pain and insensible to the pain of others, you assume that we also are only concerned with our own suffering. 
But many of us respond with alarm to signs of agony, no matter how erudite it's wrapping. And we know, as I have mentioned, that such agony can manifest as criminal violence. So it is not a selfless mission to try to ease your suffering. Here is how you might ease this suffering. First, stop thinking. No matter what you may believe, no matter what you know, stop thinking. Seek out the miracle that is our world. If you believe our world is God-created, then seek out the miraculous works of God. For instance, after pondering your words, I needed a break, so I walked outside to look at the sky. There are roses growing outside. I stopped at a pale pink rose to inhale its fragrance and noticed a white spider conducting an orchestra on its petal. A puff of wind knocked the spider off the rose, and it clung by its thread, swinging in the breeze. Then it ascended and retook its position. I put my nose close, aware that I was putting my nose close to a spider. The rose smelled terrific. I looked at the flowers, the vines, the sky, the clouds, the bell tower of the church that has been ringing at 7.30 in the morning, every day for a long time. I directed my attention to the miracle of existence, and this displaced, for a moment, the anxiety of being. This anxiety of being is always with us, like the background noise of the Big Bang. And if we are filled with anguish and turmoil, that too is with us all the time, but it can be pierced by directing the attention to evidence of miracles all around us. Simple breath is one such miracle. By sitting in meditation focused on the breath, one can come to appreciate the miracle of breath. In, out, in, out. It's not sex, it's biology. And what is biology if not a fabulous miracle? I wish I could talk to you. I wish I could ask you questions and listen to your response. I would ask you, do you desire sex but feel the desire as pain? Have you acted on your desire and afterwards felt disgust at yourself? Have you acted on your desire and been rejected? Have you lacked the courage to act on your desire, deciding that it is all garbage? Have you performed the act itself and found it disgusting? Do some of your desires disgust you because they do not seem mainstream, i.e. normal? I would ask you these questions, but I fear such a conversation would lead us back into the awful prison of your agony. So again, I suggest that you begin to climb out of this well of suffering by regarding the world around you as a miracle, a miracle of God, if you wish, a miracle with the power to impress upon us the majesty and magic of the world. I think this majesty, this magic is holy. If anything can be holy, this contraption, whoever its author, is holy, worthy of wonder, worthy of humble attention.
And I believe that a course of such attention to the wonder of the world around us can heal the anger and emptiness that rack your soul. I also think that if you are in pain, it is not the fault of a god, but the fault of man, the traps and circumstances men have created, the inhuman routines we are forced to run. In seeking the cessation of psychic pain, I think it's more useful to blame Walmart than to blame God, for who knows what God has in mind. We know what Walmart has in mind, domination, control, dominion, power, authority, eternal life. I use Walmart as a metaphor for most what is odious in our culture. I could use other symbols, but I prefer Walmart. And uh, at this point, I have to depart from the text and just say I'm not quite sure what I meant by that. Um, I, I, but I'll try to explain right now off the cuff. What I'm trying to say is that the social and economic conditions that we live under, that we humans live under, those of us who are not uh, masters of the universe, kings of industry and so forth, the social and economic conditions that we live under cause a great deal of psychic suffering. And what I'm saying is that rather than focus one's attention on a supposed um, uh, God, that if one focuses on the conditions in life that are actually the source of one's suffering, one's feeling of impotence, of confusion, and one's sensation of exhaustion from the kinds of work and stress that, especially in America, uh, the average person is exposed to. Um, that's what I'm trying to get at here, and I don't know why the hell I started talking about Walmart. I have nothing really against Walmart. Uh, it just <laughs> came into my head as this uh, symbol. And I go back to the text here. Our culture is odious, I agree. We are driven to be selfish and cruel in fulfillment of some cultural mission we do not even fully understand. I get that. I get it about Hamlet and Kierkegaard and the rest. I even looked up Andy Nowicki. And here again, this Andy Nowicki character, you're going to have to check him out yourself. I, my impression is that he's like an alt-right provocateur, but he's written all these tracks, which I have not read. And again, I've got to profess overall just my bafflement at all this, but also a sense that perhaps these people are, are dangerous people. Um, the Andy Nowicki site contains a video of a kind of uh, husky guy at, I think it's Charlottesville, and he's uh, holding a Confederate flag, and demonstrators are in his face uh, shooting him the bird and yelling at him, and then he's escorted off by uh, police, 
and as he turns to get in the police car, you see that he's got this uh, huge, I guess it's an automatic rifle uh, strapped on his back. And he, uh, I don't know what this video means. Um, and I, you know, I'm not really driven to uh, research it too deeply, but I just wanted to alert you to this uh this guy, Andy Nowicki, I just, I don't get it. So anyway, I say I even looked up Andy Nowicki. I just think that your opinions, though cloaked in reason, emanate from an emotion of deep pain, which left untreated, will continue to grow until you can feel compelled to do something awful, something you don't have to do, something which will not help anyone. And that's really the key what I'm saying, and I'm sure you get it, and maybe I'm overstating it or repeating myself, but my point is, the guy didn't ask for my advice, but I just hear so much pain and suffering and distortion and, and anger and danger in the comment that I am responding. Um, I also end it uh, in this way, I say, I do note you used an email cloaking device, devnoelmail.com, in your correspondence. And I understand the unpopularity of your views might otherwise expose you to abuse. I don't condone such abuse. Andy Nowicki, the incel movement, the alt-right, whatever. I believe the route to a better world lies in compassionate listening and problem-solving. And I feel like you are standing on the ledge of a building threatening to jump. And I'm down here yelling, don't jump, don't jump. Please don't jump. Please find some divinity in this world. Something powerful enough, beautiful enough to fill your soul with wonder and gratitude. Okay, that's it. Um... As I say, this podcast is going to probably differ significantly from the printed version, you know, uh, and because I'm going to go and I'm, I'm I might just you know totally edit the printed version now. I don't know what to do with this. Basically, I wish I were still at Salon where I, I have a lot of editors and other writers to talk to, and I would say, "What? What is this? What is this?" Um, so. I have a feeling this will this will ignite some debate, and I wanted to remind you that the suicide column, which is up on Salon, and uh, after 15 years, there's 208 comments on it, and they continue to pour in. So I'm going to comment there, I think, today, and alert readers that I'm over here at CarryTennis.com, still doing the column and still um, engaging. Uh, these ideas, especially, you know, lately about suicide. So um, check that out. And uh, I should probably all say all the things that people say to promote the, uh, the podcast and all that. I'm really slow in that stuff. Anyway, I really like doing the work. I like doing the podcast. I'm not so keen on getting out there and uh, drawing attention to myself. Um, it was great at Salon because Salon drew all the attention on its own. I didn't have to do much at all. 
that was great. And that gig was in the tradition of journalism as I knew it and grew up in it, which is journalists do journalism, writers write, and the sales and promotion department is totally separate. And today, a writer must be also a salesman. And I have not really ever uh, gotten that. <laughs> I detest it. I, you know, it's just something in my blood. Nevertheless, um, tell your friends, okay? I can say that. Tell your friends that I'm here. Uh, I think a lot of people would enjoy this if they were to listen to it or read it. I don't know. Maybe I'll get better at it. I certainly am pretty uh, isolated living in this uh, small medieval town here in Tuscany. I am pretty isolated from American culture. It's true. So I'm driven to make what contact I can in this way. But uh, I do not... I do not understand many of the violent and frightening uh, strains, uh, courses of energy in American culture right now. And I'm lucky, I am really lucky to have escaped San Francisco and to be living in this place called Castellon Fiorentino which is small, peaceful, and beautiful. So that's it for now. And, and I will say, too, I'm not a rich American, you know. I'm just somebody who, with his wife, took a leap. And it's much cheaper to live here. It's much easier to live here in many ways. The difficulty, of course, is in the different language and the culture and the different organizational structures, the different government, the different business, everything is different. It is hard to figure out, but it's a country of, of great dignity and great uh, care for individuals. It's a country with health care for all, and it's a country full of beauty and great food and lovely people. Okay, listen. Ciao for now. I'll see you next week. I'll do this again. I'm just going to keep doing it. All right? Bye.